So, all right, let's look at uh, Lesson 15. We're going to look at chapters 29 through 31. 29 through 31. And we're going to look at the second part of Jacob. And again, there's so much material here, we're not going to read through it. We are, however, going to talk about it as we go along. So we're at the point now where Jacob, remember, he had to flee from his family because Esau was upset with him, and and you could say rightfully so, right? I mean, it was pretty, pretty sneaky what happened, okay? And so he goes up, and Jacob meets his match, his uncle Laban. And uh, because he works for seven years to marry Rachel on the wedding night, he goes into the tent, wakes up in the morning, it's not Rachel, who is it? It's Leah. So he ends up having to serve another seven years for Rachel. So now we're going to get to the point where they're serving the seven years, and uh, he's got two wives. Now, they would be living in separate tents and everything, but there's there's this competition thing that goes on. The Bible's very, very poignant in telling you the nature of the way things are, and obviously there's a competition that takes place between the wives. And you're going to be shocked at what they compete about uh, because it's part of their culture, okay? Part of their culture. We would be like, are you kidding me? Nope, I'm not kidding you. This is the way it was. And from that, Jacob's children arise, which will become later the 12 tribes of Israel, okay? So let's, let's take a look. We're going to look at chapter 29, verses 31 through 35, talk about Leah's sons, okay? So because the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, all right, now stop for a moment. I want you to realize that. He's married to her, but he, remember, he didn't want to marry her. Who, who was he wanting to marry? Rachel. So she's a wife, but she's unloved. So because the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb to bear children. So he opened her womb to bear children. So she bore four sons and named them according to the pain of her relation, of her marriage relationship. Remember, they gave names reflective of what was going on. What was going on at the time. So she named her children names that in the Hebrew reflect the pain of her marriage relationships. You and I would look at them and say, oh, well, it's Simeon and Reuben, Levi and Jacob. I mean, excuse me, Judah. Those are just names. Levi, those sound like Amish names. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, but in their culture, it meant something. The words had meanings. And so it was reflective of, and the text very clearly tells you, she is reflecting the pain of her marriage relationship with Jacob. Now, Leah's sons, I already mentioned them to you, were named Reuben, who was the oldest, Simeon, the secondborn, Levi, the third, and then Judah. Okay? Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. Now, again, remember, because they are legitimate sons, this is going to be something you need to, going to have to tuck away in the back of your mind later, who would get, according to what we've already studied, who would be 
the one who would receive the most of any inheritance later on. Reuben. Okay, so think about that in the back of your mind because we're going to see some things happen later on. Okay? So Reuben would be the one because he would be the oldest who would receive the blessing or whatever later on. Okay? We know that Judah is the one from whom Jesus would arise. The Messiah would come. So, now here's what happens. Now, the, I mean, the Bible's, I remember, if you and I were write a book about our family, we would just be like Facebook and tell all the good things, right? And, but the Bible tells very plainly what's going on here. So because of envy, Rachel demanded that Jacob give her children. So the Bible text very clearly shows that Rachel's seeing all these kids being born to Leah, and she's like telling Jacob, you need to give me kids! Okay? You need to give me kids! Exasperated, Jacob angrily responds that he is not in the place of God to keep her barren. Like, who am I, God? I, I'm, not, I'm not the one, that, I'm not the issue here, you're not having kids. Okay? Alright, so there's desperation. Now, stop for a moment. You, you're like, are you kidding me? Is this like some kind of weird soap opera, George? No? There's more going on here. Culturally, there was pressure put upon the woman to bear children and to have sons, to carry on the family name. So Leah's having kids, but she's not. Do you understand what I'm saying? In fact, it was a stigma in their culture to be what was known as barren. Do you understand? To have no kids. That was a stigma. And so she's demanding, I, I, you know, like Jacob has the power to do this, but he doesn't. Okay? So Jacob says, I'm not God. So Rachel gives, there's what she does. This is what, this is what Sarai did, isn't it? Rachel gives her handmaiding, Bilhah, what a name, right? Bilhah. Next name for my granddaughter or something, right? Bilhah. Okay, to Jacob as her surrogate to bear children on her behalf. So she says, I can't have kids, so here's my handmaid. Let her bear children for me. Now that was a customary thing then. Now what does that tell you about the handmaid? What was she? A slave. Do you realize that? She was a slave, just a piece of property to give. So she gives her to Jacob for her to have children. So I've given you a, a note in your notes there about the surrogate wife thing. You've had this before, but I'm just kind of referring that to you. So Bilhah conceives on two different occasions and bears Jacob two sons, Dan and Naphtali. Now, who got to name the kids? If you read the text. Who got to name the kids? Huh? Which wife? Rachel. Rachel names the kids because these kids 
Even though they're Bilhah's kids, we would say, well, they're not Rachel's kids. No, no, in their culture, it's a little bit different. They become whose kids? Rachel's kids. Isn't that interesting? That's how cultural things are, cultural norms, okay? Cultural structures. So she, Rachel, names them Dan and Nephitali. So now Jacob has six kids. And you're like, holy cow. It doesn't end there, folks, okay? Doesn't end there, okay? So here's what happens now. Leo sees this going on. <laughs> this is uh, this is like, are you kidding me? Leah sees this going on. She responds to this by giving her handmaid Zilpah to her, to be as her surrogate to bear children. So she gives her handmaid, whose name is Zilpah, to Jacob now for her to build children, bear children for Leah. So Zilpah conceives on two different occasions and bears Jacob two sons, Gad and Asher. So she has two kids. Okay? She has two kids. So we're up to eight now. All right? We're up to eight kids. Now you're probably thinking, eight kids, how did they do it? Four wives. Okay? Four wives. So... Here's what happens now. Rachel asks for some mandrakes. So here we the scene moves forward, and Reuben is the oldest boy. He finds his mama some mandrakes. So some mandrakes are a type of plant, okay, that they obviously cooked into food. And uh, so she finds uh, into a soup or something, and so he finds some mandrakes. So Rachel comes along, sees these mandrakes, and asks for the mandrakes. And so there's this big discussion going on about the mandrakes. And uh, so Rachel asks for some mandrakes that Reuben had found for her mother. Now here's how crazy it gets. Leah objects, saying, you have my husband, you want my mandrakes too? You've got my husband, he stays with you all the time. Now you want the mandrakes my son found from you? So Leah objects and to the request, and Rachel gives her Jacob for some mandrakes. So Rachel's like, okay, well you can have him if I can get those mandrakes. Isn't that crazy? Are you, we don't even do that today. I mean, you know, that's the silliness. But that's what's going on here. And of course, Jacob comes from the field and Leah goes to him and says, you're with me tonight. I bought you. I bought you. Craziness. Okay? Craziness. So Leah conceived and bore Jacob another son who was named Issachar. So we're up to nine. Bore him another son whose name is Issachar. Leah conceives again and bore another son whose name was Zebulun. So you're realizing when you read these passages, there is time in between this because you just don't give birth the next day. There's at least nine months in there, a period before you could uh, be able to be able to bear children again. 
So now we're up to 10, Zebulun. But it doesn't end there. Leah also bore a daughter whose name was Dinah. So we're up to 10, 10 boys and one girl. Okay? 10 boys and one girl. Now it gets interesting. The Lord remembered Rachel, and she was able to bear and conceive. She was able to conceive and bear a son, Joseph. The Lord remembered Rachel, and she was able to conceive and bear a son, Joseph. So here we get Joseph, okay? Joseph. And we already know the story later on because he's Rachel's child who is Jacob's favorite. Who becomes Jacob's favorite now among the kids? Joseph, because he gets the coat of many colors. We, you know that from Sunday school. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. We're getting ahead of ourselves, okay? So this is Jacob's children. Now here's what happens. So we're getting towards the end of the additional seven years. So he's already served Jacob. Jacob has already served Laban seven years to marry Rachel, got deceived, end up marrying Leah. Week, week or so later, marries uh, Rachel as well, but he has to serve another seven years. So he's been there for over 14 years now, okay? So when we get to chapter 30, verses 25 to 43, we're going to see that it gets really interesting here now too. We're going to see that um, Jacob decides it's time to go home. Okay? So after serving for the additional seven years, Jacob asked Laban to leave with his family. It's time to leave. Let me go. I've served you my time. I've done my time. Everything's fulfilled. Let me go now. All right? Now Laban's pretty shrewd. All right? He's pretty shrewd. Laban asked him to stay and tells Jacob to name his price for staying and continuing to work. Because Laban says to him, look, I, I, why don't you stay? You name the price, you stay, and just work for me. Because Laban realized that God is blessing Jacob. And that everything that Jacob is involved in is blessed by God. And because of that, Laban is profiting. He's doing really well. So he's like, do I really want to lose Jacob? So he's like, you name your price. You name your price, okay? And serve me for a few more years. Another seven years, actually. So Jacob asked for all the livestock that were speckled and spotted, as well as the brown lambs. So their livestock is not cows. It's sheep and goats. So he says, okay, I'll serve you for another seven years, but you give me all of the speckled and spotted animals as well as the brown lambs. And that'll be my price. Laban readily agrees to the wages because he thinks he's going to benefit from it. He's like, oh, okay, sure. You want those? Okay, wonderful. You just take those. And he's thinking in the back of his mind, I'm going to be very, very rich. I'm going to be very, very rich. Okay? And he's also a sneaky guy. What do you mean? Well, the wages are, 
I get from your herd the spotted, the speckle, and the brown, right? So that means he should automatically get that, right? If you read the text, here's what Laban does. He had his sons move their flocks three days away, three days journey away from Jacob. Here's what he did. He told his sons, go to the flocks. I want you to get all the speckled, the spotted, and the brown lambs. Put them in your, in your flocks. Take them from my flocks. Put them in your flocks. And I want you to move all of your animals three days journey away. So when Jacob comes to work the next day, what does he see? He doesn't see any speckled, spotted, or brown. Because Laban's taken them away. That's pretty sneaky, isn't it? He's already, what? S cheating him out of his wages, out of the agreement. Wow! But you'll notice later, we're going to see a little bit later on, Jacob doesn't complain, he just works. And God still blesses him. But Jacob does something interesting, because this is kind of a weird story that happens. So here's what he does. He's caring for the animals. Well, let me give you the point here. Jacob places peeled branches in front of the watering troughs that cause the animals to breed. When you read this, you're kind of like, what? The animals would come to the trough, and he would have these aspen trees or whatever. He would have these trees peeled from the bark, and maybe it's the fragrance of what was going on there or whatever, but it would stir the animals to be reproductive. Okay? Some are saying, you know, when you originally read it, it's almost like seeing those peeled sticks caused them to have spotted animals. No, that's genetics. It's causing them to be reproductive. So they're producing. So here's what he did. When they produced, he would then, Jacob would then, because he's the one taking care of them now, as soon as they produced, he would take everything that was speckled, spotted, and brown immediately away and put it in his herd and leave the animals that are pure, supposedly pure, with Laban. Okay? And God blesses, because who's the one who's ultimately in control of things that are giving birth? God is. So I'm sure there were a lot of animals that were born that year that were speckled, spotted, and what? Brown. Okay? Here's what else Jacob does. This is interesting. He's, he, <laughs> they, they are connivers. He uses selective breeding to his benefit and breeds weaker animals for Laban. So he's a, he's a herdsman. So he knows what's a strong animal, what's not a strong animal. And so he breeds the stronger animals for himself and he breeds what? The weaker animals for who? Laban. Okay? They may be white. But maybe they're not good. Do you know what I'm saying? This is pretty conniving here, isn't it? So Jacob was greatly prospered at the expense of Laban. So Jacob was greatly prospered at the expense of Laban. Now, we get to the point in chapter 31. All of chapter 31 gets to the point of telling us that it's time to go. Time to go back to Canaan. Time for Jacob to leave. So because of his wealth, Jacob senses that Laban's family has changed their attitude towards him. And he wonder why? <laughs> I mean, you think about seven years later, let's go look at the animals. 
Wow, what are those miserable looking animals out there in the field? Well, those are yours, Laban. Who's that wonderful looking flock over there on the other hill? Those are Jacob's. Boy, they look strong and perfect and fat. Mine look weak. And you measure your wealth by your what? By your animals. So the brothers are saying, he's robbing us blind. So he's, Jacob is wise. He's sensing, oh, their attitude has changed here now. Their attitude has changed. So the Lord tells Jacob to return to his family and that he will be with him. That's an interesting. God shows up at the right time, at the right moment, to give a word of encouragement. First of all, Jacob, yes, it's time for you to go. And second of all, I'm going to be with you. Sometimes God will show up in your lives and give you encouragement right before stuff opens up. I know that there have been several times in my life, as I've pastored here, that I would get a, I remember one, one, I think this probably happened nine years ago. I got a phone call. I came in and there was a, a phone message from a guy that I went to school with, uh, when I was working on my doctorate. And he called up from Ohio. I, wait, he wasn't even in Ohio. He was from Ohio, but he, at that point he was in Washington State. He called up from Washington State and said, hey, you came to mind today. I'm praying for you. Sorry, the machine ended. Nothing's going on. Nothing's going on. Couple months later, something was happening. And I was not doing well. What, what does that mean? Well, God was telling me beforehand, I have people praying. That's happened many times. Many times. So now when I get those calls, I'm like, okay, we gotta get ready. Something's getting ready to happen. Did you know what I'm saying? God shows up and says to him, and it's happened, it's happened before. You go home, I'll be with you. Okay, let's go on. Jacob tells his plans and his dreams God gave him to Rachel and Leah. So he's got to tell his wives because, you know, it's pretty hard to take your wives from the place they've always grown up. And so he tells them, hey, God's telling me to go. This is what's happening. Your family's changed their attitude towards me. We, we need to make a decision here. Well, if you read the text, they agree to go with Jacob and return to his family. So they all agree. They all agree. Now let's go on. Jacob and his family left with their possessions to go to Canaan. Now they did it in the, on the snake. They just, they didn't like announce, hey, we're leaving. They just like picked up and left. And it was several days later before Laban finds out. So while Laban was shearing his flocks, so right before they leave, while Laban's shearing his flocks, Rachel stole his household idols. All right, now you're like, oh, hold on a second here. What are we talking about? All right, I'm going to tell you right now. You're going to find that as you go through the Old Testament, that even though they followed the Lord, they were still involved in, are you ready for this? Idolatry. Really? Yeah. 
When we study Exodus, we get to Exodus and we get to the children of Israel leaving and they're the ones who saw God do the plagues. They saw God divide the Red Sea, kill the Egyptians, pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. You're going to see that one of the things that the Egyptians, the Israelites were involved in was worshiping the goat gods. You know, you didn't learn that in Sunday school, did you? Goat gods. And throughout, they were involved in this. And so here we have it. Laban, even though he says he worships the Lord, what? He has household idols. And guess what? Rachel steals them. Okay? Now, I've given you a little bit of a note there uh, about the household idols. Actually, the household idols were basically a claim to the inheritance of the entire house. So whatever that little idol was, or however big it was, that was a significant piece of stuff for that family. So after three days, Laban was told that Jacob left, and he pursues him with men. So he finds out, Jacob's gone, he pursues him, and he also pursues him because what? His household idols have been stolen. And that was a means of divination. Now, what's divination? Well, it's the same thing that we talk about when you go around here. I don't, we don't see them as much anymore, but in some places you'll go, you'll see a palm reader. That's divination. Okay? So, the Lord warned Laban. So this is interesting how God works these things out. The Lord warned Laban to watch what he said to Jacob neither good nor bad. So Laban goes to bed that night as he's journeying to find Jacob. God shows up in his dream and says, hey, you better be careful what you say to him. Don't say anything good or bad to him. I mean, isn't that a scary thing? You know, that would be a scary thing. God shows up in your dreams and says, hey, you just need to be careful how you deal with him. You just need to be careful. So, Laban confronts Jacob. They find him for, for leaving secretly like a thief in the night. He shows up and says, what are you doing? You left here with my, with my daughters and my grand grandchildren. You, you left here with my flocks. And, well, they're Jacob's flocks. You know what I'm saying? But he considers those his flocks. You left here. You didn't even give me a chance to send you away. That was a proper thing to do is to have a going away feast or feasts, might last for several days. Laban acknowledges that the Lord told him to be careful in dealing with Jacob. Now, isn't that interesting? You know, i got to be careful what I'm telling to you because God showed up in my dreams and told me not to be very careful about what I say to you. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? So, Laban accuses Jacob of stealing his household idols. First of all, Jacob's not even aware that Rachel took them. So like the one thing that Laban is going to accuse him of is you stole my household idols. What? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? So Jacob, Jacob denied taking them because he did not know that Rachel took them. It's like, I didn't take them. I didn't take them. In fact, if you find them here, the person that took them, you can kill. That's what it says here. You, I mean, their life is forfeit. 
Okay? It was a serious thing about household idols. So Laban searched Jacob's tents for the household idols. So he searches all other tents for the household idols. Rachel hid them in a saddle. Now, when you, it's not a horse saddle, folks. It's a saddle for a camel. So that's telling you that they're not very big. All right? So she hid them in a saddle, and she sat on them. When her, when her dad comes in to search her tent, she, hit, she had him hidden in the saddle. The text says that she sat on them and says to him, I'm suffering from the manner of women. Okay? So I can't move. So he searches all around her while she's sitting on the saddle. And he can't find them. So after Laban could not find the idols, Jacob confronted him concerning his actions. So now Jacob's really angry. And he says to him, you know, you're treating me like garbage. You've changed my wages. Listen to this, folks. He's changed his wages many times. And, and when an animal was hurt or something and you took, you know, I, I bore the brunt of all that and I never complained once, he says. Jacob pointed out that he had had served Laban 20 years without complaining. Would you be willing to do that? I mean, you'd be like looking for another job somewhere, you know? Jacob and Laban made a covenant together, which they memorialized with a heap of stones. So Jacob says, the text says, he put up a pillar stone, all of the family brought stones and heaped them there, and that would be like a memorial, that, that pile would be there, and everybody would say that is remembering a covenant between Jacob and Laban. That's just radical. Folks, it gets even more radical next week, okay? Some of the things that are happening here. 